Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a powerful, powerful song. It shows the really the full circle of, of birth to death, to resurrection, to how that affects each one of us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we glory in your presence. We, we exalt you. You are before all things and and you'll be after all things. Lord God, you're eternal. You're wonderful. You're, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're all of those things that we, we so try to put into words, but, but always fall short. So this morning, Lord God, we, we offer you ourselves. We offer you our, our worship. We offer you our humility, our hearts. We offer you our time in this, in this busy season. Father, you're, so wonderful to love us so much that, that Lord, you had a plan. You had a plan of redemption through, through Adam's mistake, through Adam's shortcoming, sin entered this world. But, but Father, you sent your only son into this world to redeem us from those mistakes and that sin, the sin that's in each one of us. And that all started on on what we know is Christmas morning when when Jesus you made your your physical entrance into this world and it it's amazing it's truly amazing so today Jesus we celebrate you we celebrate all aspects of your life from from your birth to your teaching to your death to your resurrection to your ascension as you sent the Holy Spirit to live within each one of us. Jesus, your sacrifice is something that we cannot even comprehend. And part of that sacrifice is leaving your heavenly home for that time and and actually becoming flesh and blood. Lord, that right there is such a sacrifice. And that is why That is why we choose to celebrate Christmas. It's why we choose to sing out hallelujah to you. So today, Jesus, it's all about you. Just like every day in our life should be all about you. We love you. We acknowledge you. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. I'd just like to welcome you guys here to Bridge on this Christmas Eve morning. Um, it's kind of nice having a Sunday right before Christmas, right? So we can gather together in the morning here and, and worship Jesus to, to be together, to, to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Just a, just a great time. And, and honestly, it should be this way every, every Sunday, every, every day of the week even, right? We should hang out with our Christian brother and sisters, edify each other, exalt God, and, 
and try to reach as many people as we can. But thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Um, we're going to keep the kids in here. Um, this is a Christmas message just like last week. Um, if you missed last week, you guys can grab that online. Um, it, was a, it was a fun service, I thought. It was, a, it was good. It was a, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I hope you did it as well. Um, with that being said, there's bulletins. Um, you guys can get the announcements out of the bulletins. Um, this time of year, everything slows down just a bit before we really kick it up again, but I'm not going to bore you with any announcements. I will, though, give you an opportunity for giving. We always want to give you an opportunity to give here because we believe that, that giving is part of worship, right? Um, we worship as we come together, we sing, right? We worship. We, we worship when we're driving in our cars and praying to God and singing to the music in, in our cars alone. We worship in the shower. We worship at all times. Part of that, though, is, is we want to worship also with our tithes and offerings. And, and here we just allow four ways to, to you to participate in that. You can give online at bridgehelena.com. You can text the amount. You can use our good old giving boxes. There's envelopes back there. Or you can mail it. We also have a church app. That's kind of part of our online giving. So if you're, a, if you're new here, a regular attender, who knows what, but if you guys want to have our app on your phone, um, that way you can get to, get to messages, get to announcements, get to calendars, get to all of those things. Um, that's real easy to do. John Rabine's a great one to ask for that. Not, not so much me, but, but John Rabine. So um, all of those great things. I am so ready just to hop into Scripture. What about you guys? I knew you would be because that's just great. Let's pray for this message and this time we, we spend together listening to God's Word. And, and uh, we want to put it all before Him, don't we? And we also want to ask His help in receiving this word, and I especially want to ask for help preaching this word. Amen. Father, once again, we're glad to be in your house this morning. It is, this is your house. Father, though, uh, though uh, on the, the city map we may look like Bridge Assembly owns this property and this building, Lord God, we know that this is your house. And it will always be your house as, as, as long as we are here. So, Lord, again, be glorified this morning. Open up our ears and open up our eyes. Open up our hearts this morning. Help us to just to put away distraction this morning. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak what you would have me to speak and shut my mouth with everything else. And once again this morning, I pray like I always do. Holy Spirit, I ask that nobody leave here today the same way that they came in. That, that something happens today. Something that we have to rationalize. We're convicted about something. A revelation, whatever it may be. Lord God, we desire to leave here differently. Jesus, once again, it's all about you. Amen. As it should be. In so doing, we pray this in that bold, powerful, mighty name that we know is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer. If you agree with that, one more time, shout out, Amen. 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 Well, in your Bibles, turn with me to the Christmas story as recorded in Luke chapter 2. I didn't do a slide for this one because it would be a whole bunch of slides. I'm just going to read this. Luke chapter 2, starting... In verse 1, 
At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinerus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judah, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came in her, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. I guess... By reading that, we, we can come to the understanding that that was actually the first employee Christmas party, wasn't it? Very first one ever recorded. This is truly, truly the most wonderful time of the year. And of course, here's the big question I pose to each and every person in here. Is everyone ready for tomorrow? Is everyone ready for tomorrow? This question in itself can have many different connotations, can't it? Because there's the merchandise side of things. Doesn't she look happy and joyful? Doesn't she look like she's actually enjoying what she's doing? See, if I, I can say, are you ready for Christmas? Meaning, do you have all your shopping done? Right? But then there's also the travel side. The travel side of things. Boy, don't they look joyful and glad that Christmas is here. Where are you going? How are you getting there? How long will you be gone? And then, of course, there's the hospitality side to Christmas. Are you ready 
for Christmas. How many of you guys sometimes feel like that? Or maybe guys and gals. How many of you guys feel like that? Is your house ready? Are the decorations up? I, I heard a rumor that, that some people didn't get their tree up until 2 a.m. this morning. We're not going to mention any names, but you know who you are. What is the plan for the Christmas meal, right? When I say, are you ready for Christmas? Sometimes that invades our thought. Oh my gosh, did we get enough food? Do we have enough? Is the, is the, is the front mat vacuumed? Is the, the pillows all fluffed and all of those things? But then, of course, there's the practical side, right? The pa- practical side to, to Christmas. Do you have a budget? Do you have a plan? Do you have an overall expectancy of how the day should look? See, there is this perceived importance to these questions, and they usher in a a seasonal busyness, don't, don't they? And with that seasonal busyness comes a whole lot of stress this time of year. But then there's the pure and true side. And in this, we hopefully allow ourselves to to take a breath and to ponder this question, why why is Christmas important to me? Have you guys ever just stepped back and asked that question to yourselves? Why is Christmas important to you? Celebrating Christmas and how we choose to celebrate has become an interesting topic. I I really found that out this last week when I was preparing this message. And as I was was looking through different surveys and polls and different statistics about celebrating Christmas, it became evident that Christmas celebrations are really a reflection of what we are seeing in, in mainstream America regarding Christianity in general and our Christian Faith. And unfortunately, the, the data is not encouraging nor uplifting from a Christ-centered perspective. On a larger scale, and really looking at the bigger picture, Christmas is inherently a problem. Christmas is inherently a problem, not only in our nation, but the entire world. See, it takes little to observe the holiday season. Christmas music can be heard on all radio stations. Christmas decorations are unashamedly put up in in stores and businesses and throughout neighborhoods. Christmas movies and Christmas TV shows, they're all over. They're on every station this time of year. Christmas parties are scheduled even in businesses and government offices who have a strict policy on faith-based expression. See, Christmas is literally all around us. I think we can witness our, our country's holiday transformation and, and uh, we could all agree that, that Christmas does not discriminate, does it? And here's the reason. Christmas has become the holiday that it was never intended to be. Now, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not a Grinch. That's not me. 
he does have nice hair, though. I, I'll give him that. Um, that's timeless, though, too, man. That's the original Grinch from way back when. That hairstyle is more popular today than, than ever. I think there is an aspect to Christmas that definitely should include family and friends and festivity. But what I personally am, am faced with, with within my own life and, and within my own faith is to what extent and to what expense. I understand that this is a very Christian mindset based out of a Christian worldview. I will also say that, that I feel blessed that I am in a place in my faith that awards me with a Christian worldview. And from that daily, I, I choose to have a Christian mindset. So because of this, we as Christians tend to, ought to, and hopefully do see Christmas differently than that of our non-believing friends, neighbors, co-workers, and even family. The essence of following Christ is, is choosing to live a life that is different. We are called to live a life that is different. The Bible tells us to live a life that is different. And yet, we are to live that life in a way that invites others to the life-changing relationship with Jesus. That life-changing relationship that we're living out, that life-changing relationship that we can testify to, the one that we know so well, we are to, to live out being different in such a way that invites people into a relationship that the, to the one that, that causes us to be different. An aspect of this is it's choosing to express our faith in Christ in a genuine and in an appropriate way, especially this time of year. Which brings us back to the fundamental question, why is Christmas important to me? I'll be honest, I've been, I've been asking myself this, this question for the last several weeks and and I've been praying about this message and, and I've been, you know, I've been in stores, I've been shopping, I've, I've done all of those things and I see the hustle and bustle and I see, I see the parking lots that are so jam-packed and I see people waiting in line and I see the poor um, people at the cash registers. They're not cash registers anymore, right? They don't have cash. None of that anymore. It's, but they're the people that... that that help you out, they check you out, and, and my goodness, those people just seem haggard, man, because they're dealing with all these people, and I, I actually talked to one of them, and, and uh, I, I had a bunch of stuff to exchange, it was church stuff, and I walk in there, and I'm like, oh, I gotta exchange this stuff, and it just happened to be at Hobby Lobby, where, where we, we get a discount if we use our church credit card and and I'm just like I just got to exchange stuff I don't need to just return it or or get anything back I just want to swap it out and they're like well go get it and bring it up and I get it up there and it's all this stuff and they're going through it and I'm like oh um I also um I have a church I have a credit card for the church so that's going to make a difference and and that changed everything he said oh are you a pastor 
And he started telling me, boy, it's just the people that come in here, they get so rude, they're in such a hurry, they're stressed out, they're busy, they're not very nice. So things like that come into my brain. Then I have to ask myself, why is Christmas important to me? I have to think about it. I have to rationalize it. What is this Christmas season actually all about? Now, I understand when I ask that question, there is the, the more obvious reasons why Christmas is important to us. If you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a regular church attender, of course you're just going to say, oh, it's because of Jesus. That's the safe answer for anything, right? It's because of Jesus. And we know that. The Christmas is important because, because it's how God the Father chose to get God the Son into this world. And that's, that's why it's important. And sometimes you're like, hey, why is Christmas important to you? And some people will say, oh, because of family. Because of the festivities. Oh, I like the presents exchanging. I like the gifts. I like People give you all different reasons. But this morning I want to share with you five maybe not so common answers that, that I came up with as to why Christmas holds so much importance to me personally. This is me personally. Number one, Christmas fulfills prophecy. Okay, so what does that have to do with tomorrow and why, why does it matter? Why should that be important to me well, I'm so glad you asked. Messianic prophecy are those specific Bible prophecies that have to do with the birth, the life, and the death of Jesus. Christmas is the start of those prophecies being fulfilled. Now consider this. There have been over 300 Messianic prophecies realized during and since the 33 years Christ walked the earth. Over, over 300 messianic prophecies have been realized. Anybody love math in here? How many in here are like a mathematician? They just love math. We got some people. Mel loves math. We know that. We've got, we, there's not a lot of people that just put their hand up. A lot of you just got cold sweats remembering like high school algebra and and things like that. Well, this, is, this somewhat surprised me as well. I found out that there are some, some mathematicians out there, and what they did is they crunched the numbers here about messianic pro uh, prophecies and, and their fulfillment. And, and here are the, the results. Look at this. The odds of one person fulfilling only eight of these 300 plus prophecies is one in a number with a whole lot of zeros. I don't even know what, does that number even have a name? It's just, that's a big number, isn't it? That's astronomical. And that's only eight of them. Now look at this. Next one. The odds of one person fulfilling 48 prophecies has one chance in 10 to the 157th power, or one in, that's even a lot bigger number, isn't it? Anybody, anybody in here want to attempt to say that number? That's astronomical, and that's only 48, and there's been 300 plus realizations of messianic prophecy since 
Christmas morning. Now this seems like a lot of abstract math. So what does it have to do with Christmas? Simple. Fulfilled prophecy, especially messianic prophecy, is proof, or, or we could say it's objective historical evidence that the Bible is in fact true. Amen. So one of the reasons Christmas is important to me is because it affirms the truth of Scripture. How many people do we have out there right now and they're complaining because they, they tell you that the Bible is just fictitious. It, 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 it's just made, written by, by a guy or several men and there's no truth in it. There's no, there's no evidence or proof that it's, that it's real. Well, we have a lot of historical, I'm talking outside the church, historical evidence affirming that these prophecies have come to pass. Those are hard numbers to argue with. Number two, the second reason Christmas is important to me is because Christmas is supernatural. It's supernatural. We can define supernatural as of or relating to an order or existence beyond the visible, observable universe, especially to or relating to God. This is the miraculous side of Christmas that we cannot deny. It testifies to the real meaning of Christmas. And, and without the supernatural side of Christmas, Christmas loses all merit and meaning and becomes just a natural seasonal holiday, of which can then be defined and adapted by mankind to meet their needs and their desires. Let's look at just two supernatural events involving Christmas. The first, the first supernatural event is the pregnancy and the virgin birth. Look at Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That's, a, that's actually a prophecy 700 and some years before the birth of Christ that was fulfilled, but, but it's a supernatural event. You know, we just talked about mathematical probabilities. Now let's talk about biology for a second. We see God's own plan for a man and a woman and the conception of a child way back in Genesis. These are biologic standards and though some in our modern culture deny these standards, these, these biological standards align themselves with both God's law and natural law. It takes two to tango, right? It takes two to make a thing go right. You know all that. It's a man and it's a woman and it's their union and the baby comes, right? It's a biologic event. Therefore, the pregnancy and subsequent birth of Jesus had to have been a God-ordained, unique event for the purpose of bringing the Savior into the world. It was a supernatural event. 
It cannot therefore be explained by secular science, but rather through biblical truth and through prophecy. Pretty amazing if you think about it. The second supernatural event is the incarnation. The word incarnation means the act of, of being made flesh. Look at, look at John 1.14. And the word Christ became flesh and lived among us, and we actually saw his glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. I just love um, that's out of the Amplified. I just love the way that that is worded. We must never diminish the importance of Jesus coming in the flesh. We must also be firm in our understanding that though Jesus was 100% human, he was also 100% divine. He remained 100% God. Now that math right there is hard to grasp. In fact, we, we can't completely understand that math. It, it boggles our mind. But maybe we can understand the relevance of the incarnation just a little bit better when we have the greater understanding that this is a supernatural event. See, the incarnation opens up Scripture to us when we believe God chose to come to be with us. Sometimes people say, hey, I, I, I read the Bible, but I don't get anything out of it. But are you reading through the understanding that Jesus came to be with us? He came to live with us. He came in the flesh, and he died for us in the flesh. When we start to read with that understanding, Scripture is then opened up to us. We begin to understand Scripture very differently. We see it from a different um, perspective. From the Old Testament to the atonement on the cross, the choice for the Father to send His Son to live with us changes everything. It changes everything. We should always read Scripture through the eyes of the Incarnation. The Incarnation also makes God accessible. It, ma it makes God accessible to, to each one of us. God's righteousness required the perfect blood, blood sacrifice for our redemption. Only the Incarnation could fulfill this. The Incarnation reveals God's humility, glory, and His love for each one of us. It is unimaginable that, that Jesus left the heavenly realm to become really a, a helpless baby. And then the eventual sacrifice. But He did. Now what does this aspect of Christmas teach us? Number three. Christmas is necessary. Last week, I said Christmas cannot be looked at as, a, as just a holiday. It must be looked at as a necessity. And it's so true. 
Christmas has to be important to us for the simple fact that without Christmas, without Christmas, there is no Christ, right? Um, Jesus didn't become Jesus until the incarnation, right? You know, there was no Jesus Christ in heaven above. It was the Son, the, the, the label, the name Jesus, Jesus the Christ, didn't come to be about until the birth, the incarnation. Christmas is vital. Christmas is necessary. Without Christmas, there, there can be no new covenant. Without Christmas, there can be no sacrifice. Without Christmas, there can be no redemption. See, without Christ, there is only death and there is only despair. Look at John 3.16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that He even gave His one and only begotten Son so that whoever believed and trusted in Him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. Best Christmas present ever. The gift that is extended to each one of us. All we have to do is receive it. Unwrap it. And put it into act, um, action within our, our faith. Despite what our secular world tries to proclaim, a true biblical Christmas is absolutely necessary. And this cannot even be up for discussion or debate. Man's fall, God's plan, equals the necessity for Christmas. Number four, Christmas directs us to align ourselves with Christ in our faith. See, without Christmas, there is no Christ, and without Christ, there is no confidence. Did you get it? I'm going to say it again. Without Christmas, there is no Christ. Without Christ, there is no confidence. I see so many people walking these streets living without any confidence. I'm not talking about arrogance or anything like that. I'm talking about confidence. I'm talking about, about godly confidence. I'm talking about eternal confidence. I did a funeral Tuesday. And funerals are always interesting because you get such a mixed crowd. And, and if you've ever been to a, a, a funeral that I have done, you know that it's full of the gospel. And, and I can just see on people's faces this concept of an eternal Savior and this lack of confidence within their life. Let me tell you, the only true confidence that we can have in this world is our faith in Jesus Christ. As a Christian, we have to choose to live a life of faith, of faith in Christ Himself. Look at, look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance, title, Deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what we can, cannot be experienced by the physical senses. See, faith goes beyond what, what um, people try to um, reduce Christianity to in, in a scientific or mathematic um, endeavor, although those things also prove the existence of God. It's our faith that goes outside of that. It's our faith 
that grants us that confidence. See, everything we have talked about so far today engages our faith, doesn't it? The fact that you're here, besides being having your arm twisted by, by a mom or dad or friend, the fact that we're here has a, says a lot about our faith, right? We're choosing to be here. We're, we're, we're choosing to worship. We're, we're choosing to look at the Word. And, and though some people try to go, oh, man, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Those were a lot of zeros and biology and all that stuff. So we can kind of dig in just a little bit. It's, it's allowing Jesus, it's allowing the Holy Spirit within to build our faith so that we come to a realization of the biblical truth that has been given to us by God himself. See, some may deem us as fools to believe such things. And, and really, by the world's standards, they're right. We are fools. But God is above and exempt to man's limited comprehension. It is the Holy Spirit within us that, that convicts us to the reality of Jesus. It is the Holy Bible that testifies to the truth of God. Christmas is a, a, a foundational anchor to these very things. And that's another reason why Christmas is so important to me. Number five, Christmas brings hope and joy into a hopeless and joyless world. Now, maybe it's just me, because I'm getting a little bit older. But when I look around, it just seems like, like hope and, and joy are, are diminishing over the years. Every year, it's like we have a little bit less hope and we have a little bit less joy. I, you know, in my 30s, it just seemed like there was a lot of hope out there. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of confidence out there. And, and boy, when I was younger, I looked around and boy, it just seemed like there was so much hope and so much joy and so much confidence. But I look around today and I see people dragging. Their heads are down. Their eyes are, are strained. They're wearisome. They, they, they don't have trust. They don't have confidence. Within their lives, they lack true joy. They just get through one day to the next to the next. Overall, their, their, their long-term outlook, it contains very little hope. There can be no coincidence that this is a, it's in direct proportion to a decrease in, in Christianity as a whole as well as church attendance, right? Faith in Jesus goes down. The overall outlook for hope and joy also goes down. But Christmas is the time of year when, when people are more likely to attend a church service. And I pray they, they get that glimpse, they get that taste of joy and, and hope. They're more likely to be thinking about Jesus, especially this morning, I pray. Though many may feel convicted, Holy Spirit-inspired conviction always brings that hope and that joy, doesn't it? How many in here can, can agree with me on that? Holy Spirit conviction, though it can be rough, always brings with it hope and joy. Look at Romans 15, 13. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. May this Christmas bring hope and joy into your life. And may those around you, those who are suffering from hopelessness and joylessness, may they see Christ in you as you choose to celebrate Christmas for the right reasons. Worship team, you guys want to come up. So there you have it. There you have it. Those are, those are five reasons why Christmas is important to me personally. Now, your list may look different, and, and that's okay. That's actually, that's actually good. But, but I would also encourage you to ponder upon these principles. Ponder upon these five things we talked about today. And when the opportunity arises... Simply share them with those that are around you. May you be blessed as we give all glory and honor to our King Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer. And I pray that you have a Merry Christmas. We're going to end with a couple songs. We're going to worship together again because we always like to leave here in, in the spirit of, of worship. But during this time of worship, if, if anything that I said today has, has done anything within you, if there's something that says, boy, I feel like I've been away from, from Jesus for, for a little bit, or maybe I've never truly experienced Jesus in, in, in terms of this confidence thing and this hope and this joy Man, if you have any of that going on, I, I would invite you just to come forward. We can pray together. I would love to pray with you. We have people in here that would absolutely love to pray with you this morning. Beyond that, if you just want to come forward and worship together with one another without chairs or anything else impeding that worship, I invite you to come forward and just have a, a joyful time of, of worshiping our King, our Savior, and our Lord this morning. If you need prayer for anything, don't leave here today without getting prayer for something. And let's just all exalt Jesus in a humble and worthy manner this morning. Father, once again, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for your perfect, your perfect plan. And, 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 and Father, we can't even pretend to try to understand what that meant to you to to send your only son to this world to become flesh and to eventually die upon the cross. Lord God, we, we can't comprehend that. Some of us have lost loved ones. That's beyond any of that. So we know that, that when we have struggles, when we have lost you, you understand us. You understand what we're going through. This morning, Lord God, those that are that are feeling detached, that have a lack of connection with, with anything healthy within their lives. Lord God, let them find 
Let them find comfort here and connection here in, in this body. Lord God, let us pray for those, lift those people up. Lord God, you continue to guide us. You continue to speak to us. Lord God, help us to hear such things. Jesus, you volunteered to be obedient to your Father's plan. And, and, and we thank you for that. And we learn from that that though, though the plan may be hard, Lord God, help us to step beyond ourselves and voluntarily fit into the plan that you have for our life. Holy Spirit, you testify to the goodness of the Father and the Son, and you're doing that this morning and, and in this time, in this, this, this response time, this time at, at the end of the service, Lord God, Holy Spirit, help us to worship appropriately. Jesus, Merry Christmas. We pray this in your name. And once again, everyone said, Amen. Please stand with us. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.